Welcome to The Pulse on Akaville Radio, hosted by Rachel Schoenbaum. Welcome back to another episode of The Pulse. I am your host, Rachel, and I am so excited because today we have with us Anders, Stephanie, Matt, and John, eclectic mix of folks from The Real Group and from this collective that they put together called Blast from the Past. And John and Matt have been part of that initiative as well. And so welcome, first of all. Thank you so much for giving us some of your time today. Thank you. Thanks, Rachel. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. And I would love to start off with just some background about Blast from the Past and how you guys came up with the idea to do this. I could start if you want. I, I do an annual vocal jazz festival. I think it was 22nd or 23rd annual. And we had to decide, well, we had booked the real group from, from Stockholm, Sweden. I don't remember, probably in January of 2019. So come August, we kind of had to just decide, are we going to really try to do this vocal jazz festival or not? And it clearly had to be virtual if we were going to do it. And Anders and I, we started scheming back and forth over some nice Zoom calls while he was at his cabin up on the Baltic Sea, Anders. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And you didn't invite yeah, me? Was, no. And it made me feel at home because it kind of looked like northern Minnesota on a lake. Ah. It was just gorgeous. Yeah. So we had some kind of good brainstorming sessions about how to do this. And I think, I don't know if it was Anders' idea or my idea to do kind of the blast from the past, but I'll let Anders kind of go to that. I don't remember exactly where we came up with the idea. I brought Matt on board because Matt had been doing this amazing vocal jazz educators kind of get togethers at a happy hour every Thursday. He also does Vocal Jazz Academy, which is sort of a summer camp and a collection of directors, a coalition of California, or actually national directors even too. And then also Matt was participating in some, helping form some summer camps doing all through Zoom. So I knew he was like a Zoom guru. Also, Matt does an amazing festival of his own every April down in San Diego. So he just had all the things that I really needed in order to give me the confidence to try to put this together virtually. Yeah. So that was my team. Yeah. I, I remember those days when we were sort of, we were, one day we were thinking maybe we should just cancel it and do it normally, physically, by actually flying over. But I think one one thing that on an early came up, the issue with the actual fact that you had all your students spread out in their homes, alone, studying, not even meeting their classmates. And to do vocal music in that context is, is really difficult. But also from a social aspect that you don't actually meet people, we said that can we do something that actually creates a, a, some kind of social environment where people meet up and join in some kind of you know activity online? So let's let's go through the hard work. And I must give credit to Stephanie Lamb, our North American representative, also for coming up with the blast from the past name. That's not yeah. neither you or me, is it, John? Definitely, Stephanie idea. I'm happy that we, we decided to go, John. Thanks for mm-hmm. it. I wonder what kind of lame name you and I must have had, Anders. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Long revisitation of famous <laughs> Swedish real group, famous festival yeah, group. Exactly. And you, John, with your Scandinavian ancestry. So, I mean, of course, we would have figured out some Viking thing. <laughs> That's awesome. Stephanie, what inspired you to to have that name? Just listening to the back and forth and seeing the idea kind of come to fruition and recognizing that this is going to evoke a lot of feelings of nostalgia. Mm. You know, there are fans of the real group that we knew that were participating right from the get-go. So this would have just been a real good throwback. So I thought Blast from the Past was a really fitting summary of what to expect. Sure. And Matt, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Please go ahead. I was just going to say, so as we take this, festival concept and turn it into virtual 
one of the big draws, of course, for the festival is having the guest artists come perform in person. And so with that opportunity taken away, that's where the brainstorming went into, well, okay, well, what can we do? Well, I'm sure it was a little hard to assemble the real group in person, face to face. And and so, but as Andres realized, man, you get all these videos and their hard drive and, and can go back. And we realized that educationally it would be super valid because we got to see great clips of the early real group from the late 80s and, and <sighs> some things over the 30 years. And so for our students, it felt like passing on a, a generation of love that John and I, as educators, had grown up appreciating as listeners to our students, to the next generation. So it really worked well. That's awesome. I mean, with the breadth and depth of repertoire that the real group has, how did you decide what you wanted to feature? Well, I think I did the selection, curating the whole thing. And actually, it was totally intuitive in a way because I was just picking up this hard drive that I, I knew I've, I've always kept this hard drive. As, as soon as there's a video production done, I put it on this specific hard drive. But mm. I never look at it. I never watch it, actually. Right. You know? It's sort of like uh, the archives. And all of a sudden, I had to dig into the archives. And I got stuck there because it was a journey back in time, basically. But I realized that I need to have some kind of idea about what to show. And we had a limited amount of time. But so, I, of course, we picked some really early stuff. They, they could be like taken from like an old VHS tape, uh, wow. even, you know, way back. And then going into the 80s and from the 80s to the 90s. And, and you know, I was basically laughing at the, our clothes, you know, back then. <laughs> <laughs> so silly. So, so all of this, of course, I think, hey, this is actually going to be kind of a, a, a big pleasure even for me going through the material. But I, I managed to pick some darlings and then we actually had a, a quick run through, as you remember, guys, that where we tried everything and you said that maybe we should throw in a couple of more pieces of the most signature songs from the real group catalog. And so I think we added like words and one more recent thing to the program. But I think basically, you know, it was a journey, a blast from the past, but also from the present. Some things were very, very present. What we loved about it is that you mixed clips where it really focused on the on the musicianship with the clips that focused on the history, with the clips that focused on some of the, the comedic or just sort of special things that you've done over the years. And so I think you really stitched. Are you thinking about the clips where we are dressed like penguins, perhaps? <laughs> Quite possibly. <laughs> that was educational. <laughs> I, I thought that was a corner silence moment. I wonder, as you were going through some of those moments, did you find hidden gems, things that were specialty that you had maybe forgotten about? One hidden gem that I haven't actually seen since it happened was the TV interview we did in 1988 or 89 or something. I think you remember that when we were about to have our graduation concerts from the academy and we are in this big Stockholm concert hall. We've never been on that stage. We've just, you know, dreamt about it. And we're, we're there with the Swedish television team, television news actually, broadcast, you know, broadcasting this. We're very, very, very respectful to this place, but still we're a, a young version. I mean, the people I see in those shots are the same age as my kids now. Yeah, crazy. It's it's pretty weird to me yeah. to, to, to grasp the whole thing. Yeah. For Matt and John, what were some of your goals that you were trying to impart in to the people who were either your students or other people who were participating in this experience? 
Are you talking more about the festival or the evening where we watched Blast from the Past? I, I guess more the festival than, but if you have a, a story from the evening or a, a response about the evening, that I'd be happy to hear that too. Sure. Yeah, I mean, always with the festivals. And Matt and I, we really do sort of similar festivals. It's just a mind's in November, you know, kind of starting off the year and celebrating the end of the year towards April. Yeah, the goal is is community, maybe first and foremost, for directors to be together and get refreshed and share their, their roses and their thorns, you know, and get healed that way. And for students as well to learn and be inspired by watching other groups. Students get really tired, just like children get tired of their parents. Students get tired of their teachers a little bit. It's just human nature. So um, that freshness is always key, you know, to have a fresh set of ears and eyes and a fresh point of view. And they get that from watching the students on stage a lot, maybe even more than they get from in the clinic with the clinicians that work directly with the students on the songs they perform. But they're both, I think, key points of the inspirations, you know. And I guess we wanted to try to recreate that a little bit through Zoom. It's the best we can do. Honestly, I think it worked better than I ever thought it would. I could tell just by, I would pin students and directors sometimes and just see how they, or scan the the Zoom screen and see what their faces were doing. I teach on Zoom sometimes, so I know that Zoom thousand yard stare really well, right, Matt? I mean, like... Oh, yes. Yeah, and I I saw that surprisingly little throughout the clinics and workshops and stuff. It was really cool. And I mean, several times in clinics, I saw tears, you know, good kind of tears. And often, like always during the blast from the past, I saw just tears of laughter and tears of reminiscence and and tears of, of just pure emotional connection to lyrics that were being sung and stuff. It was really cool. So I think... I don't really want to do it again. I have to admit that. Maybe nobody does. I want to do real next time. But I mean, it was the best kind of ersatz made up, best we could do in the moment kind of thing, I think. Well, Rachel, it was really a leap of faith. For sure. Everyone here, because when we were starting the discussions in the summer, we were planning this before we'd had a full semester remote, right? COVID hit in the middle of the semester. And so we transitioned people that had already met face to face. Fall was the first time we had a group of students who were joining their choir class and never in the same room. So we didn't know what people were going to submit. We didn't know how many. All of the parameters that we were used to were totally blown off the water. And so we just kind of went with, look, whatever choir can do. We had a couple choirs that could only submit audio recordings. We had a couple that did three professionally done videos. We had everywhere in between. But when we got to the clinics, as John said, we really just wanted to highlight first and foremost we're just so glad that you're doing this and we're glad that you're participating in it and we're glad that you're participating in the community. Normally when we get to these festivals and somebody performs, then we take them off stage and we go, okay, you did this well. Now work on this. Now sing this again, right? We give them very detailed feedback. That kind of didn't fight for this mm-hmm. event. Okay, first of all, it's a virtual video that they recorded weeks ago. We can't just tell them to go try this or, you know, sing more musically here. Mm-hmm. All of those were taken out. So our clinics became much more emotional, much more mm-hmm. dealing with what did you have to go through to make this video? What were mm-hmm. you guys work together? It was a completely different kind of thing. And I think that's why we saw the tears and, and the emotion and everything. And it just was really, it was really one, I think, an experience and none of us really totally for what it was going to be like or feel like. Yeah. I, I definitely agree with you, Matt. It was, I, even if we planned it, I mean, we, and even rehearsed it, when we were actually there, it was a unique experience. For me, with my 35 years on stage, 
I've never been close to an experience like like we we had. The fact that when you're on normally you're on stage, of course you're all excited and and you meet people afterwards. This you were on stage performing, but you actually we had a chat, of course, going on yeah. at the same time. So in the in the right side of my laptop, I could see all everybody's comments. They were also, of course, chatting with each other, and I could answer in the middle of the song I was singing. I could chat with the audience, and also I could see this girl's cat jumping up in her lap. She starts to cuddle her cat while I'm in the middle of a solo and chatting with someone else. So, I mean, the art form has never, to me, existed before. (laughs) And I, I felt that, hey, this has so much possibilities built inside it and I you know Stephanie and I have been talking about how to sort of continue this I mean even mm. if John says I would rather not experience this again I guess you mean that you rather not have a COVID situation <laughs> the, actual, the actual thing that I, I realized all of a sudden a concert like this meeting artists on a personal level communicating with them directly in a way that you normally don't experience great music not from now, but from decades. And you can appreciate it even if you don't have the money for the ticket. You can appreciate it if you are geographically located too far away. You can appreciate it if you're in a wheelchair or if you're in a a home for elderly people. It's totally inclusive as a music or art form that very few other things are. I thought, hey, this, to me, it was a revelation. This can be built into something new. Yeah. And in that... Well, yeah, I'm excited, Anders. I'm, I'm going to have my students with you guys again in Iowa with Jeremy's Real Group Festival. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I am doing it again. I'm just not sure that... You know what? In the way things are going, maybe I will host one again in the fall too. But mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. I just wish COVID could be over. <laughs> no, I, I think we have to look at it at two different things. We replaced mm-hmm. your Quest of College, your fantastic festival that we have never been to but we replaced it with something and we were worried that it would be a pale image of the real thing but at the end of the day it turned out to have qualities that the real thing couldn't carry at the same time which was you know really great so i think rather than you know replacing i think it's a possibility to have both you should Absolutely. you should have the live thing, but another part of the year you should have the digital online thing. It might be the silverest of my silver linings of the pandemic. Yeah, silverest, the silverest. Well, and Anders can can probably attribute to the fact that right from the get go, I said, you know, this is an opportunity where people are looking for these sorts of immersive interactions. Right, there are many places mm. in the world that are still under some sort of lockdown or isolation, and there is a real fear, I believe, that acapella and perhaps performing and perhaps even those considering a future in music what is that going to look like with everything going on everything that you're reading so for this it gives folks an opportunity to be inspired by the careers that have had and an opportunity to learn from some of these educators you know not everyone is of the same confidence in terms of performing and this is just my perspective you know watching in so if anything I said to Anders this is a, a unique situation where you can really start to to embrace and nurture some deeper fandom as yeah. opposed to I'm enrolled in the school I've seen this awesome band but now you're getting to know them and just seeing where it goes from there yeah I mean it really embodies this idea that no one is alone which is a song that you guys ended up putting together for this festival this evening and I wonder if you can talk a little bit about that and what prompted you to pick 
that particular tune and, and how that process went for you? I'll start again. I know I keep starting, but that was sort of, again, sort of like trying to have this imitate like the normal past 22 years of the festival, where it's often fun for me to show that the clinicians aren't just teachers, they're doers as mm -hmm. well. So often I'll have the clinicians be featured on something on stage as sort of a warm up to the headliner, which was the real group this time, of course. So um, Matt and I as educators have been doing these virtual choirs. We've been doing them since March. So we thought, you know, maybe the, the clinicians can do a virtual choir piece. We brainstormed ideas. I thought it would be cool to feature one of the arrangers. Almost all of us that are the clinicians are arrangers as well. So we batted about some ideas of our own arrangements and then Matt throughout this one, No One Is Alone, by somebody who's not one of our clinicians. He's a wonderful educator, uh, a little bit newer in his career and not super well-known. And just the title hit first, like, oh yeah, No One Is Alone, what? So it was an obvious thing that caught her eye and we gave a listen to it. And at that point, it would just existed as a demo of him playing piano. Nobody had given it any sort of a demonstration video or audio to help sell the chart. So we thought, well, we can give this guy a leg up on his chart. It's perfectly well-deserving. We can show people that no no one truly is alone. And it, it, again, that just like everything else at the festival ended up a little bit better than I thought, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Now, it was great, go. John. It was a fantastic song performed by a bunch of really great singers. Great score. And we got together, I think, for two different Zoom meetings to create the rubato mm -hmm. in the guide, the kind of the ebb and the flow of the music so that the click tempo doesn't just stick like a metronome clock. Yeah. And um, also to put every single breath into the guide, every single lift and dynamic. And oh, right, Matt, nice. I mean, the guide itself was kind of a work of art. They allowed <laughs> us to record. <laughs> It really like was work put it together. And uh, yeah. the arranger, Drew Lewis, actually uh, teaches high school in downtown Los Angeles and uh, is doing great work there in LAUSD, that large school district there. He actually brought his group to the festival. And so some of us clinicked his group. And then we were able, obviously, to feature his song on the final concert. So it was really, it was such a special lyric to deliver and such a special group of people to get together to do it. Absolutely. Well, as a huge fan of Sanhan myself, I am thrilled that you did it. And we're going to allow our listeners to have a peek into it. We're going to listen to No One Is Alone, originally from Into the Woods. Here it is. Hold up, hold up there past me. We don't have a license to play music on this podcast. So if you want to hear this interview uninterrupted, including all the fantastic music that's involved, go to akaville.org and become a member. Thanks. And now we return you to our regularly scheduled interview. So lovely. I mean, it's the message is just right. And the emotion behind it is just so clear. I thought you guys did an amazing job. So uh, something you alluded to a little bit earlier, I wanted to come back to, which is the benefits that you found from this kind of experience that you don't have maybe when you're sort of pre-COVID and potentially post-COVID. Are there things about this that, that you want to try and recreate in the way that you created them this way because they are better or offer you more than what you were able to do before. I'm still in the midst of the battle right now this year with online teaching. Do you know what I mean? I feel like I'm still yeah. in the fight. I'm not sure I've reflected that much yet. Well, no, I, I definitely wanted to hear Anders' take on that, but I, I will jump in and say that, like I said, the teaching and the interaction with the students definitely felt different than normally when we were face-to-face -face with them, but I think after the event, when we sat and talked about the impact of what had happened, how it not only affected us, but how it could be recreated. There's 
no reason why the real group couldn't take this and do this in other countries and other places with different sorts of things. The vocal jazz festival that we did Blast to the Past with is kind of a North American construct. These kinds of festivals don't happen exactly the same way, although there are quite a few of them in Europe. But this format that we're used to is sort of pretty much North American. But I don't see why something like Blast to the Past couldn't be connected to, for example, a Japanese audience or an Australian mm -hmm. audience with a different sort of pre-event. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe it's not clinicking choirs and clinicking virtual choirs, but some sort of direct in interaction with the school, with the students that you're working with, and still capped off by this concert. So I believe that the idea is totally transferable to, to other modalities besides just the Quest of Vocal Jazz Festival. Yeah. Well, I, I think I didn't expect it to be so emotional. I actually had fears that it would be the opposite because the concert and meeting people in a live venue and afterwards in the, in the foyer is very emotional. And also mm -hmm. everything around it, meeting, if we would have been in Cuesta, meeting John and, and his family and friends and going out for dinner, all of this is social interaction. I mean, and I realized nothing of that will happen. It will be a sterile computer screen. I will be in my little home office we dressed up the real group we put on some stage clothes we were slightly glittering when we did this just to give a air of performing which mm -hmm. was and afterwards we had a breakout room when everybody had left and we I, I opened a beer and somebody had a glass of wine so it felt like we were in the green room relaxing after the show so we tried it and, and that, that was a little you know how would you say it in, in English it, it was an attempt to re create real life but what struck me the most was that real life was so much more present in many ways in the encounter with these people that we faced actually when we could swap the screens there were you know a lot of people so I had to the screen was full with small little students and singers so you had to swap around in order to see everybody and that was a moving thing and to see how they had been producing their videos everybody had been in their own homes and recording images and and songs you know of course quality wise our mission was not to judge it hey you had the wrong mic or it sounds awful the way you the, the traffic is going into your mic i mean we couldn't deal with things like that it was more the fact that they have done this and this young boy said that this is really a, a great thing for me to do because I actually haven't met my classmates yet. I've never seen them otherwise than on the screen and now I we made a, a video together and we are a part of a festival. We're sort of, you know, the opening act for your show with our video. And these are things that were created out of need, out of necessity, out of actually a terrible disease that have taken many lives. So the upper hand of all this I think we, we need to be aware of and thankful. So beautifully said and I feel so I feel personally very moved by your clear like tie and the effectiveness that it had on you. So thank you so much for taking some time and sharing this amazing experience. I hope that you choose to 
go forward and use this opportunity in other ways. Me and Stephanie, we have been talking about this, of course. And as John mentioned, we're going to do a festival in Iowa that is actually called the Real Group Festival that we have done annually for several years with the SMV, Jeremy Fox. And so it's that's a direct result from what we did in Cuesta. Stephanie and I are talking about doing the same thing up in BC. I'm talking to our Japanese management. He's really interested. He's, you know, he needs to have a Japanese translator, he thinks, in order to be <laughs> communicating. And uh, a guy in, in Holland wants to do a similar thing. So it actually has attracted a lot of attention as a unique art form, not only as a substitute, which I think is quite a key point. I agree. I do believe that this will stand alone on its own, on its own legs. And, you know, I think that we are now in a generation where we have listeners that are becoming more and more familiar. Zoom is becoming another mode of communication. And so I think that when folks will register through these virtual events, there is almost going to be an expectation that there will be some sort of interaction, which is really exciting because those shyer folks who usually, you know, don't want to raise their hand or perhaps they think that they're being an position approaching someone after Mm. a concert will now feel that they are in fact enabled and encouraged to do so yeah it really levels the field yeah yeah with everything that you all have going on i want to just thank you so much for taking some time to spend with us today thank you well thank you yeah uh, thank you thank you thank you for your mission what you're doing is so important to us as artists and educators because you you are also another cog in the wheel in the world of acapella that is very 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 important so thank you for inviting us all absolutely it's my pleasure That was Anders, Stephanie, Matt, and John talking about their Blast from the Past online festival. Thank you so much. And as we say goodbye, we're going to be hearing a tune from The Real Group. We're going to be hearing water from their album Elements. Here is The Real Group with Water. Thanks for listening to this week's The Pulse, only on Acaville Radio. Remember, Acaville Radio is your home for the best in acapella news, music, and video. Only at acaville.org.